everyone. Welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I hope that you get a chance to do this every week, that you get take some time every week to listen, not just because Alan and I like to hear ourselves speak, but we want to give you some good information. And uh, today I think is a really great topic, Alan, uh, that can help churches. And so kind of give us a, a little bit of intro and in what we're talking about today. Well, you know, Trent, um, one of the things that that's important is really what people see when they come up to your building. And, you know, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. So what are some of those first impressions that, that people get when they, when they actually see your building? So we're going to talk today about thinking outside in. So what do people see is, is on the outside because they've already formed an opinion about you before they ever set foot inside. So, so this is a really, I think, an important topic for us, especially as people are just now returning um, to churches on the other side of all this pandemic, if this pandemic will ever go away. Yeah. But, um, okay. but it's, an, it's an important topic to think about. And I don't think we think about this enough. Yeah, you're right, Alan. And I, I want to say that the first first step, really, and we did a podcast episode uh, recently um, about this, about your website, but that really is your front door and that's your first impression. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. Um, we had an interview with the gentleman who put together Alan's, um, Alan's website. They did an amazing job. And um, this is a, a good thing to think through. How is my first impression based on somebody going to my website? Yeah, that's, that is your first impression. So people before we would say, as people saw your sign, they saw your building, they see all those things that that would be your first impression. That's just not true. Um, they already have an impression of you before they ever come. And so really now your, your property becomes um, in some ways a validation of, of, of that opinion, or mm, maybe they're not all that they seem. And so, so do think about that today. And so we'll link, we'll link that podcast episode in our notes. So you can go back and interview with Clint Rogers of pro web fire. And, and I really think that that was just a super neat um, interview um, that we had with them and to catch their heart for ministry, but you're building a property. They do matter. Don't they Trent? Absolutely. And I would say that as you're doing your website, your pictures of your building and property ought to match up. You know, unfortunately, there's especially among churches, they'll you know you get all this stock photography of, that goes on your website, but it does not match at all with your church. And so that's why as we talk through these things that you need to make sure and make your church property look nice and then use those pictures on your website as well. So let's talk then a little bit, Alan, about your building and property and, and what people see as they show up on a Sunday or whenever you have your services? What what do they see? Yeah, so we're going to give seven questions that I think will, will really help with this. And the first question is this, does it fit your context? Now, now Trent, you and I have a different, we have different contexts, but our context is different from many other churches, right? That's right. Every church is, is different. They're unique. Um, and God has placed our church, Patterson Avenue Baptist Church, where it is on purpose for a purpose. God has placed Creekside where it is on purpose for a purpose. And, and you guys have a beautiful property there at your church. And, and so we, we kind of have to think through this. The things that we do 
the things that we do in our building, does it fit our neighborhood, our, our context there as yeah. well? So yours is kind of within the community itself, right? I mean, you're right. you're a church within the community. We're we're a we're a church in it what was called an equine community. So there's a lot of people with horse properties and a lot of acreages, and our church is out on an acreage. It's on a on a major road, um, but it sits back off the road, and we have 26 acres. Um, and we also have a Preble's mouse. That means we have some property we can't do an awful lot with. Um, because he's an endangered species. And so we have to deal with that. Um, but our context right now is more, more that of a country church. And so that, that, that vibe is, is important because I don't think people, people aren't looking for it to, to be a, a downtown urban church, you know? And so it, it has to fit the context. That's right. Yeah. And I've, I've been to Alan's church. He's been to my church and, and we kind of, you know, recognize that communities are different. Not only are church locations different, but communities themselves are different. And so you kind of have to think of that when you're doing things on the outside of your church. Does it match the things that are in part of the rest of the community as well? And so that keep that in mind. Does it fit your context? The things that you do on the front of your property, especially as people come in for the first time, does it match up with the I guess the expectation someone would have and then that also needs to match up with your website but then as you get there there um, you need to think about how do people know where to go when they get to your property Alan how do how do they figure that out yeah is it is it clearly marked and visible um, I, I think I told you that our, our building sits back off off the road and, and of course you've been there and it's it's about 200 yards from where you turn off the road to to our building and when we first moved into that i mean it was it was a big deal it took every every resource we had just to to build our initial sanctuary and we didn't have the money for a big sign out front and and we had a member who, who he just wouldn't let that go every meeting we we need a sign we need a sign we need a sign and people say, oh, a sign's not that important. You invite people. Well, a sign is that important. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe as soon as we put up the sign, how many people say, oh, I saw the sign and I came in. And so is it, do you have good signage? Can people, um, can people know that that's a church? You know, sadly today, people don't know if it's a church. And then many churches have repurposed other buildings, you know, whether it's in a shopping center or, or something like that. Or, or do people know where you're, where you're at? Can they, can they find you? If you've rented a shopping center space, you know, and you're next to, you're in between Safeway and Subway, you know, how yeah. do they know where you're at? You know, right. so, so yeah. do you have signage? And then, you know, if, and then, you know, half the year you get really dark nights. Can people find you in the dark? Do you have, do you have lighting? Right. Well, and that for us, that's, that goes together because you were talking about not having a sign. Our church had a sign, but it was really run down. It looked terrible. And, and so thank goodness there were some families in our church that said, hey, you know, we want to make that better. So we totally redid it. And now we have a digital sign plus a, a cutout metal sign with it. And so it, we get lighting, which automatically attracts people, in, especially in the evening with that digital sign and, and that helps us a bunch. 
Um, and those are coming down. I will tell you, you know, when we did ours, we've had it for about five years or six years now. And oh my gosh, when they first started telling me how much that was going to cost, I was about lost all the hair that was on my head. And I used to have some, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> this, um, you know, they have come down. And so there are possibilities that you might consider as you look at signage and then lighting, like you said, Alan, we, we had a very dark parking lot and we had to add some lighting to that to help it seem more inviting. Yeah. One of the things to consider when you're looking at digital signage too, is, is it something that I can do um, based on, on my location? Like for, by us, you know, you can drive 50 miles an hour. And so the size of digital sign we would need would not have been allowed by our County. So, you know, you've got a lot of things to think about, but, but that's what sign actually companies who build signs actually have all the research and all the, all the information to help you um, work, work through that. So make sure, make sure you get good information, but yes, your sign, your sign is important. Um, and so make sure that you have good signage and good visibility, good, good lighting. So that's that second question. Here's the third question. Is it clean and cared for? Mm -hmm. Well, that makes a big impression, doesn't it? If it's not clean, not cared for, if the, you know, your lawn's not mowed, <laughs> you know, if your whole property looks hairy and fuzzy, you know, it needs, needs to be cleaned up and, and uh, it, it needs to look like we care about our, our place, doesn't it, Alan? Yeah, it's it's more about care because again, you know, we're we're out in the country. I think the expectation is a, a little bit different. You know, we don't have we don't have a manicured lawn, but no one around us has a manicured lawn. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of fields and so there's there's a lot of field nature around us, but we do have to mow it down. We had a outbreak of Russian thistles that that were these really gnarly weeds if you've never seen those. Those are that is a crazy weed. And it just can take over, take over your properties, you know, so getting those sprayed down and, and taking care of that, of that kind of stuff. But, you know, and then in, uh, again, if your outside is dirty, people are going to assume the inside's dirty, that your nursery's dirty, that your kids area is dirty, that your bathrooms are dirty. Mm -hmm. That's the assumption. That's the impression. Oh, they don't care. Therefore it's dirty. Yeah. Don't we do that same thing, Alan, when we go to restaurants and things like that? We just, we see the outside, but then we go to the bathroom, right? And as soon as we go to the bathroom, and it's terrible, dirty, gross, then we're like, I don't know that I want to eat here, you know? And the same thing may be true in our church. You know, somebody sees the foyer or something or even goes to the bathrooms and they're gross and they're not sure they want to stay there. And they certainly don't want to put their kids in the nursery there. Yes. You know, uh, when my wife was was pregnant with our first daughter, we were actually coming from Oklahoma to come to Colorado on a vacation, and we stopped in in Des Moines, New Mexico, um, because she needed a restroom break. And there's this little tiny little gas station. We pull up in there, and we go inside. And Rochelle goes to the restroom, and she comes out, and there's just a big smile on her face, and she goes and hugs the owner of of um of this place because he had the cleanest gas station restroom she had ever seen and he took great pride in in taking care of guests uh, who came his way guess where we stopped every time we could you know mm -hmm. when we were traveling because yeah. that meant, meant something and it means something you know it, it does mean something to 
to show that you care. And when you go in above, above and beyond to care, um, that, that means something. So let's talk about a little bit too about parking. You know, do you have yes. parking, parking issues? Well, and, and this is, you know, this is your context too. Again, you know, we talked about first, you've got to look at what your context is, but, um, we have our own parking lot. Alan, you have a parking lot as well. And how do people, uh, you know, once the, that's their first experience on the property is the parking lot. And so that should be a good experience. We don't often think of that because if you've been going to that church for a long time, yeah, that doesn't even cross your mind. You just know, hey, I go here and I walk in the door. But somebody who's new, Boy, that makes a big difference. So, so yeah, do you have guest parking? Do you have it marked for a place for guests to, to come park? Um, you know, we bought some signs and put those up a couple of years ago for, um, that had specific places for guests for guests to come park and, and, and be at. You know, one of the things, too, is you get rid of if you still have one. I know there's some places that still do. But if you've got a pastor's parking spot that's right next, that's like the prime parking spot, get rid of that thing. Yeah. Um, no, nothing turns people off more than the than the than the privileged parking spot. I still remember that you know in my church growing up, for a long time there was you know pastor and associate. But I mean, it's like every staff person had their own parking spot right next to the building. You know, and you'd see you'd see everyone else having to walk from far away. Uh, that is kind of backwards from the way that it's probably supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Alan, we we moved all of our parking, and we don't have signs up or anything, but we just asked, like our praise team that was always getting there early on Sunday morning, and myself and my wife, we decided that as a group we would park around the the side of the building away so that all the people could park close to the front door and we would be out of the way and not take any of those spots. I think that's really important and people don't think about that stuff, but it's really true. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, servant, the servant mentality, building that in, in the parking lot that, that communicates um, that just communicates things to people. So make sure, make sure that you're thinking about it. You know, you, Trent, you, I, I believe you have a paved parking lot, right? So you yeah. have to take you have to take care of them and do maintenance on that. You don't want a lot of potholes in your parking lot. You want to if you've got it striped, you want to keep the stripes looking somewhat somewhat cared for. All those kinds of things for us because of our context, we still have we have a crushed asphalt um, parking lot. Actually, to build a parking lot, we have to build a pond um, to catch the runoff. And so, so what is an already an expensive venture is going to be a super expensive adventure, but our context is beginning to change. We're becoming more suburban and less country. And I would expect at some point in time, we are going to have to make that jump to a different type of parking lot to fit our context. But for now, that's what, what ours is. And so the expectation is a little bit different, but again, context matters. You got to take care of your parking lot. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to repaint our stripes. Now you're making me feel bad, Alan. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love, I love those little stripe liner <laughs> things. Uh, yeah. I've operated a few on cross country courses, so mm. I, I, I'll i come, I'll be cheap labor for you someday. Okay. Yeah. We're to do that. <laughs> so then, then also be thinking about, um, you know, as I said before, 
have you driven into your place or maybe even ask somebody else to drive in kind of like a secret shopper kind of thing drive into our our property and give me your first impressions i think that's a good thing to do alan yeah so a few years ago um we had had someone come do a a small group training for my small group leaders and um they noticed something on our property as we drove in he goes you know the guardrails on your bridge are really rusty looking that's not a very good first impression and uh i don't think any of us had looked at those and thought about those all we knew is that bridge cost us a hundred thousand dollars to put in um it's probably the nicest bridge in the county um and it was expensive when we put it in and it has these little rails on it and the out yeah, looking at them they were rusty so um we, we got those we got those painted i don't think any of us who attended the church ever would have noticed if someone didn't point it out to us i think that that extra set of eyes somebody who's new coming in sees those things we get into a rut you know we just start going into the church we're used to things we know where things are so everything just becomes invisible to us. We don't see those things, but they really do make an impression uh, when somebody is coming in. And that leads us to the, the next thing of do people know where to go and, and um, as they get into your buildings even. So we're thinking all, you know, outside in, now we've moved into the front door. Are well, there signage in there as well? Yeah. So even, and even in your parking lot, Trent, I mean, you know, some churches have, have a large parking lots or they wrap around. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, many churches don't want people going inside doors and this and that. Some of them even keep them locked. So if you're a guest and you walk up to a locked door and there's not anything that says where you should go instead, so some guests at some point in time is going to get in their car and say, not worth the effort. I wasn't sure I wanted to come anyway, but they don't even let me know where to go. So do you, do you, do people know where to funnel in? Like, you know, our church, our parking lots all directly in front of our main building. We've put up new signs in our windows that say, this is the door. You know, we've got a little sidewalk that walks up. It, it makes it, it makes it fairly clear now. Um, but is it clear in your context? Do people know how to get in? And then once they go in, do they know wh where to go? We've moved our welcome center. We, we, we're doing all kinds of things to, to funnel people where we want them to go. And so it's, it's really important. Do you have greeters and do they know their job? Um, all, all those, all those things are very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned greeters and um, our church, we rotate um, our different Sunday school classes are greeters for a month. And, and so, yeah, it's important that you tell them, Hey, this is what your job entails this is, they need to be able to find things, you know, say someone comes in um, and they're coming in during our Sunday school hour. Do they know where the classes are for different age groups? And this is important. It's little stuff that we just don't think about. It's like, well, of course we all know that. No, somebody say somebody comes in with, with little children and they're stressed out anyway, because they're dealing with their little children and they're trying to get them all herded into the building. And then, where do I go? You know, and so help them by taking some stress away. Tell them, remind them again and again, hey, we're going to take great care of your kids. Let me walk with you. Don't point them. Never point them. Always walk with them to the place where they need to go for each, each age group. 
Yeah, we're actually going to be going to a two-pronged approach where we have greeters and uh, then our information station. And I want to have two people at our information station. So one is always free to be walking people um, some, somewhere else. And so so they'll know where to go, especially people with kids that we're going to walk you to our kids check-in area, get your kids checked in and introduce you um, to our children's ministry. Um, and, and that's huge, especially like you say, I think Families with kids, those are the ones that you really have to go above and over for because it's hard. You know, um, you know, parents worry if they've got a toddler, they worry that their kid's just going to cry the whole time, you know, um, and, and you're trying to put them at ease. If they cry, we're used to it. We have kids that cry. It's OK. We're going to love on them. Just do everything you can do to make that easy for them. And so that's that's important. So make sure that people know where to go and that you really have kind of a funneling process to get people um, to the to the right spot. So think of it that way, just a funnel. So we've started with the really big view and now we're getting it more and more narrow. And so, so you want people to basically be able to come from the outside to the point in time where they go in, they know exactly what's going on. And it, it really just puts people at ease. So yeah, go ahead, Trent. To, to our website again, um, you can make sure and put a page on your website that talks about planning your visit, you know, where, what to expect. That will take some stress away, um, you know, what to expect, the places they need to go to. Um, and like you said, just reassurances that, hey, we like kids too. And so don't worry about that. You know, things like that, just to help them to understand. Yeah, and you can you can have a what to expect for different areas too, Trent. You can have one, you know, for your first time, what to expect in our kids area, what to expect, you know, in our student ministry, um, what to expect with our worship. You you can you can have as many of those as you as you really want. And I would encourage you now in this day and age to think of video with that, you know, not just a, a little write up, but but do it in a video. Show people show people what it looks like. People are more likely to actually watch your video than they are to read through, especially if you got more than one paragraph. That they're very much more likely to watch the video. So, um, you know, as you go to a business and you see the open closed sign, um, is our property is it open or closed down? What does that mean to you when you think of that? Well, so you know, I grew up in a in a city church setting, and so the the place where I grew up. You know, our church had a gym and you pretty much had to be a member to ever go to the gym. I mean, that was kind of so I would say it was kind of closed. Um, we didn't have any outside stuff or, or, or anything like that. But then when I was uh, uh, but then when I was um, a pastor for the first time, you know, there was a little field outside out back that was our church property. Um, and so we would go play softball on it and then I would see kids playing on it. And then, you know, I'd look around at other churches and churches had parks and, and, and things like this and realize there's a difference between an open and closed property. Now, some, some, because of, again, context, you may need to have a closed property, but you need to figure out, you know, is your, is yours open or closed? Our, we want our property to be open. We've got 26 acres We've put in a nine-hole disc golf course. I'd love to do eighteen. So if any of you want to donate to that, um, <laughs> we just gotta we use what we had the resources for. But we've got nine holes of disc golf. Um, we've got a sand volleyball um, area. We've got an outdoor pavilion where you can come and uh, kind of have a picnic. 
um, we want our community to feel like they are welcome at their convenience to come onto our property um, and, and be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and this, again, we want to remind you, this is based on your context and, and we understand that there are some places, um, you know, our, our church is right on the highway. And so our playground area, we had to fence off mostly uh, for the security of our kids being out there. So they're not chasing a ball into the highway. Um, so it, it may seem closed, I guess, but think through this is in where you are, um, what are the greatest needs that you have? And, and you do want your church to be inviting um, you. And so you've got to be intentional about making your property inviting to other people. And uh, the, you know, we, we go out of our way to host events within like the community if the chamber's having an event, we host at chamber meetings, or if there's a group that needs a place for training, we, we always try to make our buildings open for that. And we would encourage you to do that as well, especially in small communities, meeting space is always at a premium. And so, you know, those are ways to make your property open to others as well. Absolutely. So you want to think through, you want to think through those processes. What, what makes what makes your property open or closed? You know, um, in some places I get it that churches even have to have fences around their property. But if you don't have to have a fence, why, why would you want a fence? Um, mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to put bars across your driveway that says "Don't enter here." You know, um, you want to you want to do everything as much as you can do to say we love people and we love our community. And so, you want to be probably as open as you can be. But understand that there are times, like you mentioned, um, yeah, it looks a little bit closed off, but that's for the safety, for the safety of, of people. And and so you, it, what doesn't really say closed, it says protected, it says secure. Mm -hmm. And so, again, that, that can be important as well. So these are seven questions. Does it fit your context? Is it clearly marked and visible? Is it clean and cared for? Have you taken care of your parking itch issues? Have you driven in as a first-time person? Do people know where to go? And is your property opened or closed? And those are some things that maybe will help you think from the outside in. So Trent, do you have some final words for us and how people can contact us? Yeah, first of all, I would say today, today do that. Go to your property, um, even, you know, ask God to show you what other people see or invite someone else to drive into your property and look and give you their first impressions. But we want to help you with things like this. This is this is an area that Alan has got some great training in, and and we can work together with you to be able to help you to look through your property, to give you some a consultation, and and help you to to maybe make some changes that won't be super expensive, but can make a big Im impact on people as they come in for the first time. So you can uh, contact us uh, first of all, email um, Alan A L A N at EnduringChurches.Consulting, and then Trent, T-R-E-N-T, at EnduringChurches.Consulting. You can also find us on Facebook at Enduring Churches, and then, of course, our website is EnduringChurches.com. So I hope um, I hope we helped you today. We want you and your church to endure, and really, that first impressions one step in the endurance process because you want to have a growing church. You want to reach your community, and to endure, you need to do that. 
And they're just things that kind of get out of sight, out of mind. And hopefully this will help keep those things on the forefront. So keep pressing on. Um, we want to encourage you to keep on keeping on in your ministry. And we look forward to catching you next week on the Enduring Churches podcast. <music>